how crazy this business is. It's a wild Gosh. world, man. That's really getting out there for views, I'll tell you. You're right, though. What's up, everybody? Power up, Pete Pop. podcast. No, don't even roll again, Mike. Like, like, I know. It's like, but that's what I'm saying is like, and five. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, do it. No, just run it, run it. I, yeah, I go feel like it. we need to start like this. Yeah, go Hit ahead. It. And five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> but just to finish my talk, it's like, I don't, I think it's crazy that, that there's some guys that are willing to like ruin their manhood. And like reputation for views. Yeah. Like you think about it psychologically, he's not like, I really like this. He's like, if I do this, I'll make more money. That's right. It's so It's like you it's a <laughs> you sell your soul to it's, the you know. That's what I was talking to a bunch of kids. I was talking to some kids um <clears throat> yesterday and I was like, this is the first time in the human experience that we can measure cool points. It's like back in the day, it yeah, was like, cool true. is who you hang with. You know, cool is the girl that you're dating. Totally. Cool is the, the athlete that you are or what you're driving or wearing or whatever. And now all of a sudden it's gotten to the point where, uh, I, this is what I was doing, I was polling young dudes. They were 17. And so I'm asking them about that. And that's what I said. It's like, um, I can't imagine being, you know, 15, 16, 17 in this world. And you can literally measure and say, hmm. yeah. and you know, he's pretty cool because he's got this many views or this many likes or this many shares or this many subscribers or whatever yeah. it is. Because, and I told them, I said, I even do it without meaning to. And I'm, yeah. and I'm not like, I, I like, yeah, like to think I'm not like that. Thought. <laughs> I do the same thing. It's messed but up. But you're so right though. It's like. And I get two likes in a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> but you blow it up. Man. Yeah, right? But it's like, it's gamifying the sh social experience, which the social experience is a big part of our lives, right? Like yeah. one of the biggest is interacting with other people. And when you say it like that, like I think back to how you're so right, one, but it's like these likes and followers are shaping the way that people live their lives. And this is an extreme, yeah. but I know a group of girls that are so entrenched in social media because it's the platform that makes them money. Like goes back to something's feeding you, feeding your family, right? You're more invested in it. Yeah. But these girls have <laughs> cut off friends because they don't want to take pictures with them because they don't have enough followers for their status online. And that's not a joke. Oh, I don't talk to so-and-so anymore. Yeah, she cut me off because apparently I didn't have enough followers. There's I'm so like, many levels of that what? that is scary, man. <clears throat> Yo, this is a power piece podcast. <laughs> I think we skipped the intro. We're already Yeah, here. welcome to the power piece. We were engrossed in conversation that you'll never get to know about. We were talking about more of that. So, uh, yeah, when did we start uh, recording? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh-oh. <laughs> Michael's in charge of that. But... Um, and then the power <clears throat> of social media to drive our behavior to hit levels, okay? Because we were talking about that show a minute ago before we started recording, and it's like they're making moves to get more likes, and they're doing things they would have never done to get that. And I think kids are, uh, there's got to be a lot of pressure. You know, do the milk challenge. Literally. Do the, 
You know what I'm saying? It's and it, like, and it starts like it's like the gateway drug, because, I mean, you you know the feeling. I feel like everybody's gotten a taste of it. You know, it's a spectrum. But when you post one thing that gets a lot of engagement, you already start without even wanting to. You know, I posted a picture of me and my boys like at the cabin. It got three times more engagement. You already start thinking if you're social media driven, like, should I do more things like that? Exactly. You know, my baseball video got a lot of likes. Should I play baseball more? Yeah. Like, even when you're not aware of it. Yeah. It's starting to affect the way that you, like, live and the decisions you make. Yeah. And I think that that is super sketchy. That, and that <clears throat> tied into me talking to the young, cool guys, you know. And, um, but I learned so much from the young dudes, you know what I'm saying? Well, sorry to cut you off, but I think that's a great segue into, like, I mean, you have your... What is it? Finger on the pulse? Pulse on the... Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Finger on the pulse. Finger on the pulse. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of these young kids, because you work in schools, right? Yeah. Like, you run this program in schools. So I think that that's always been a fascinating aspect about you, is I crack up at you, but you're a boomer, tried and true. You <laughs> no know? Like doubt. A lot, a lot no of the stuff you do fits into the boomer category. Oh, gosh. But... Textbook. I like I would argue that you know more about Gen Z than I do because I don't spend that much time with them. You do. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it changes the way that I see myself. And it's a good thing because I honestly don't feel my age. And I'm surprised when people are like, you're an old dude. And I'm like, what? Because you, you kind of become like who you hang around with, right? And so I'm hanging out with, with just young people and learning from them. Um, but the pressure we were talking about yesterday, it's like, okay, I asked them, what gets the most traction on your social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Yeah. And we kind of kept going until it's like, okay, guns, drugs, violence, sex. I mean, I don't know. Would you add anything to it? Gangster. I mean, and when you boil everything down besides comedy... Right? I think that's the only healthy one yeah, yeah, on yeah. social media yeah, just, is that it makes me laugh. Yeah, entertainment value. But it's like as humans, like human nature, we're always drawn to the things that like we can't have or don't do. Yeah. That's why we watch shows about serial killers. And women are like, oh my God, Ted Bundy, you know, that Jeffrey Dahmer, why is he so hot in that show? It's because we're not supposed to kill people. Yeah. It's a cardinal look, sin. Look behind the curtain. <clears throat> and then you see someone that's breaking all the rules, and that's attractive. We're drawn to it. The bad boy, you know, is so always going to be. Social, social yeah. media, too. Yeah, and so what it does is, even if, you know, you're not a kid that's posting those kind of things, holding a Glock and doing something stupid, um, you're just uh, anesthetized to it. You're dumbed down to where violence, you know, when a fight happens at the school, it's a track race to see who can get there first and get it and drop it. Totally. Nobody's thinking about the kid that's getting hurt real bad or a girl's in trouble at a party and she is not yeah. aware of what's going on and everybody's wanting to video it instead of stepping in and help the girl. That scares me for this young generation. GTA <laughs> and uh, you know Call of Duty, it's just like there's hundreds and hundreds of murders that you're not only seeing, but you're perpetrating okay. virtually, and if you don't think that does something to the brain. Okay, 
So here's a rabbit hole that I went down coincidentally, like not that long ago. But I'm on the internet and Mike, I'm sure you watch content like this, but like the evolution of what we can do in Unreal Engine is terrifying. Unreal, with deep fakes? I and mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> Unreal Engine? What are we talking Any, about? So I sent you a video. I'm pretty sure you watched it, but you said, what is this video? Like, it's just a guy with a gun walking through a building. And I texted you, that's not a video. That's like virtual footage. That's what video games will look like soon when they hit the market, but they look like that now. And so where my head went is like, how terrifying is it gonna be when we're in VR? We got the goggles on, we're in it. But we can touch and feel things. Like they already have like haptic suits and, and gloves. You can touch and feel and feel the normal sensations that we feel in our everyday lives. And then the graphics are indistinguishable from life. So I can do this. Like I can touch a player in the game and it feels normal. What if you're playing shooter games? Are you getting real PTSD from that experience? Because it seems like you might. Wow. You're running through a building that feels real. It explodes. That's not going to feel fake to you. No. Like, I can't play the horror games on VR because VR, it's too intense for me. Wow. Like, literally, a monster comes out of the wall. I'm freaking out. Like, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. One, whatever you do long <clears throat> enough just becomes second nature. Your brain gets, you know, wired around it. And so, again, it'll be just kind of... The, the anesthesia of you know of reality and then how I mean you'll those worlds will be so blended it's going to be so easy in the real world yeah. to do the to things that you've been practicing doing whether exactly. it's the way you treat women because you are connecting neural <clears throat> I mean think ways. about virtual sex I don't know what that's gonna be like but it but if it, it's gonna get to the point where it's like you don't gotta leave your house what's that gonna do to a marriage how many guys are gonna be Horrible. unfaithful with virtual reality, I yeah. mean, it's we're no, headed to. That's where we're headed. <laughs> For sure, that's up. where we're headed. So what? But, what are we gonna do the show on today? I think we're gonna do the show on how, if when we get to the place in VR where the Star Wars universe exists, that's where I'm gonna disconnect from reality. I will be a Jedi, and if I have a marriage, if she's not Ahsoka, or you know. Padme, <laughs> I, our marriage is probably failing. I'm probably choosing the Star Wars universe <laughs> over real life. So I just want you guys, when it happens, yeah. and I can hop up in there and be Darth Vader, yeah. it's going to be hard for me to withdraw from that. Yeah. To go to Thanksgiving. I know, right? <laughs> you know, Where's Cole? <laughs> I haven't seen him. I'm um, totally joking, though. I think today... Um, I want to talk about kind of what's going on currently in POP. Um, Power I, of Peace Project. POP. Yeah, true. P-O-P-P. -P -P. Coolest acronym. We can do so many things with it. <laughs> it, yeah. it has worked out. Golly, right? yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's come a long way and evolved over time. Um, and now we're doing a bunch of things currently, but you get so caught up in the work that you got to forget to talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's when people ask me, like, oh my gosh, like, 
what does the power of peace like do? Yeah. I'm like, uh, how much time do you, do you have? Yeah. You know, like we do a lot of different things, but yeah, you know, they're all connected. So, uh, I mean, we talked about the schools, but I want you to kind of dive into, you know, the square that we have been talking okay. about, like the four pillars that we're really after trying to help a community. I got you, got you. So, um, yeah, and I've been doing this presentation a good bit because what we want to do is make sure that the people that have followed our work, supported our work, you know, that we're um, we're working with the city, the county, the state, you know, Marietta, Cobb County, and, and the state of Georgia. And um, we've gotten to the point where we have the credibility that they're willing to invest in us and contract with us to help. And so <clears throat> we've got programs that operate in the schools, in the juvenile court, in the juvenile detention, and with law enforcement. Okay, so we've got this wraparound thing because think about the kids that we're afraid of, mad at, worried about. Okay, that's our target. <laughs> like you that. know, 14 to 19 year old, young, it's Gen Z, boys and girls that are, you know, there's, especially in underserved, under-resourced communities, because a lot of the, the people out there doing things like we do, they're working with kids that are already doing great, help them do better. You know what I'm saying? But what's getting yeah. left behind is these kids that are, they're caught up in this thing they never asked for, where they were born, the environment they're raised in, what they see, you know, and you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. Just, you know, this, this, this work can be kind of painful. The highs are really high, the high, the lows are low. They break your heart, but you know, I mean, it's, it's heavy, you know, sometimes, but it's also something I would, I could never do anything else. I was <laughs> thinking, <laughs> you know, you out there watching this, what's your plan B? My guess is you have one. If this J-O-B don't work, then here's my next one. I can't, can you imagine me filling out a resume and going into an interview? <laughs> so what have you been doing the last 12 years? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, you the know, ending will be uh, like, why don't you just keep doing that? Yeah, yeah, well, I think you're probably set. Yeah, and it is cool when it's a calling, but so we got a program in the schools that's prevention. We're trying to help kids that are kind of on the edge you know, work with a lot of student athletes because they have a lot of influence. Yep. But, but they're caught in this, like we were talking about, this gangster culture. Mm -hmm. When you're listening to 100 songs a day, which tends to be about the average when I poll kids, and then I ask what is the content of those, and then you know how, I mean, a song can come on from the 70s, and I haven't heard it in a decade, and, and I'm just like, pop, 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 pop. Your brain has it on lock, and it was, yeah. it was 50 years ago, 40 years ago when that song came out. 50. Right? <laughs> and so these are a hundred stories to where yours walk through the hall. You ain't here anymore, but no, so the true. brain is, right? So we've got this program in the school called Protect the Dream. And the premise is help a kid build a dream, design it, create it, help him or her manifest it. How do I realize it? You know, get a, an actual true pathway to that thing. And how do I protect it? And yeah. so what I've come to, to know is, and this bleeds into all our programs, yeah. right? Is that man, nobody's teaching these kids how to dream. We, I don't know if we think they're supposed to know. Yeah. I would have kind of liked if somebody would have intervened in my life when yeah. I was 17 and said, what's your seat. dream, bro? And then help me kind of try to figure that out. I don't care if you pick one today and change it tomorrow. You're teaching totally. a kid how to strive for something, how to finish something, how to chase something, how to protect it because we protect what has value. A lot of the kids are working with the schools. They don't have anything really to protect. Totally. I mean, what do you what you do all day long? You know, I went to school, I slept, came home, took a this is real, took a nap. I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. in school from eight to two, 
Yeah. It's crashed from three to six. Yeah. All right, now time is evening and got to try dinner. to get some, eat dinner, Play get some study in, get on TikTok, YouTube. Yeah. And just that is the day to day. And so we're trying to get in there and teach kids how to dream. Yeah. And so that that's important. But then the ones that we lose to the system get into the juvenile courts. Okay, now they got some trouble. You know, we work with kids that have felonies, they're under court supervision, they're their charges seem to be gang related. And so through investigation with the gang task force, we find out, is that kid affiliated yet? And we got a program for him too. Yeah. But we're trying to work with the kids that are on the edge, they're low hanging fruit for the gangs and try to intervene, interrupt and redirect, right? So prevention in the schools, kids that are getting close to the line, maybe suspensions are happening, expulsion, alternative school setting where yeah. they can get a little more of their needs met that's not getting met in the mainstream. But then when we catch them in the court, okay, now they're a little bit motivated, but you'd be amazed. The kids are just kind of like, <laughs> well, I've got, I mean, I've got, let's see some Zoom calls. Some Zooms? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we like hopping on the Zoom with the hoodie on <laughs> and like shades. No, I mean, the, we, we had the whole cohort of the first two cohorts in this rising program, which is cool to death. It's like a 10 to 12 month accountability court, you know, model. It's a first of its kind. So we're working with, it's a, it's a gang specialty court, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if the kids complete it, which is hard, we got about a 70% success rate, which is good. Cause this is a hard like school Dude, essentially for this. They are, know? they got a report before the judge and our team and our team consists of 10. I'm yeah. the only civilian. Right. So I get to do things, you know, I don't work for the courts, you know, whatever. And they value that because I have a relationship with the kids that is not the probation officer, the okay. judge, the guardian ad litem, yeah. the defense attorney, the probation, whatever yeah. it is. It's like, no, nah, kiss, kiss cool. He, you know, I get to go in there yeah. and kind of help them, inspire them. But when they get done, they, we rip up all the charges and their charges are not just expunged. They're dismissed they're gone. as yeah. if they never happened before. And um, which is awesome. It's incredible. You know, that think is about, the coolest think about it. I mean, yeah. you're because usually, you know, in cases like me, right, is they just put a price on your head. If you can pay this, we don't care. Yeah. Give us the money. But a lot of people can't yeah. pay that. So yeah. to have a program where you can go through it, spend time to work on yourself. Yeah. I mean, y'all help them get jobs. Y'all help them find school opportunities and like apply for scholarships and like all these things. Even get their GED. I mean, yeah. You know what and I'm then saying? get to like trade school, you or... know, wipe the slate clean is I mean, that's a life-changing thing. Unbelievable. <clears throat> but you'd be amazed, even with that carrot out there. Yeah. Who people don't still care. Still being knuckleheads, man. We still lose them. And we're talking about designated felonies. Some of them are A's. Yeah, you have A's absolutely. and B's. And A means you are going to a place like Eastman, okay, yeah. where we've been wor working with the toughest kids. And this is, you know, juvenile murder in yeah, some cases. Yeah, yeah. Most of them are aggravated. And so you've got kids that are in real trouble and if that's not a motivation, but still can't get them to stop doing the things. Now, a lot of them do, but it's hard work. You know, I just think about the pull, the powerful pull of that, how intense the pressure is to get those cool points. Yeah. You know what no, I'm saying? I mean, you've got a kid that came, I, I connected with him at a juvenile prison, tough kid, great kid, love him to death. And he's like, I'm gonna hit you up, bro. You know, and, and he did, he gets out and it's like, man, we got work to do. And I'm like, let's do yeah. it, you know, and, and I love this kid. And, I, and I, I didn't even search, but I just happened, his Instagram popped up, and I'm like, hmm. And he, he's <laughs> wearing loaded. a hoodie, sunglasses, a mask, all black, doing a sign with a Glock. And I'm like, 
Bro, <laughs> tell me how in the world you don't get jammed up again or dead. Just go ahead and let me know. I mean, that right there is like, well, I, asking for it. I took it down. Okay, good. But yeah, it's like... The universe saw it. <laughs> think, I want you to think about how strong of a pull that is. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And I think that like a problem with young kids especially people in high school because I did it you know we all went to high school and we remember who we were as humans yeah. in high school yeah. and for me it was really stressful to think about my future right like I love the protect the dream program because it just plants a seed that you can think about your future and plan a pathway to it and that can be very motivating and inspiring Right. But there are a lot of kids out there like I didn't want to think about what college I was going to because it was overwhelming. I don't want to think about a career because I'm like, I don't know what I like. Oh, I'm going to go to school for this exact thing. How do I know I want to do that thing? Yeah. Right. And so I boil it down. I stress myself out. I want to be a comedian. I want to do film. I want to make music. Right. I'm like trying to find a way. Yeah. Um, So I think it's awesome that, you know planting the seed of dreams, but it's important because the easy way out, especially in high school and college, is to disassociate, mm. to just not care. It's way easier to not care. That's, that's a big lesson I've had to learn is it's harder to try and to, to work and, at anything. And less popular. Way less popular, but you know what I mean? It's easier to break up with your girlfriend when you have a fight. It's harder to commit, to have a hard talk, to fix things, to continue going. Same with, you know, a job, a job. same with school, same yeah, with yeah. sports, same with anything. It's way easier to not care. Oh, well, I'm not good because I don't care about this. It's way harder to say, I suck at this, but I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's lazy, but at the root of laziness is fear. Absolutely. There's a proverb That's, that that says, um, "The sluggard." <laughs> okay, yeah, Solomon called love him a word. sluggard. That's a, a deep slug, that's a deep dude. Pour, pour salt on a slug. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does that anymore. But anyway, the sluggard says, "There's a lion in the streets," yep. and then turns on his bed. <laughs> you feel? So laziness is not. A lot of times, it is fear. Mm-hmm. And, and complicating that is we got this culture where it is not cool to be smart in school. It's not. And they, and they, they still use this. I don't know if it was your, your generation or not, but have you ever heard somebody called a tryhard? Oh, yeah, of course. Typically, we hear it in sports. It's Typically, like, that's the sluggard. <laughs> the tryhard <laughs> is the one who, let's say that, that they're doing... Uh, gassers, you know, they're just doing back and forth and back running the heat of the summer, man. It's just like throwing up and everybody's just trying to get through it. But there's one kid that's just, he's going down and coming back and everybody hates on that kid. Quit being a tryhard because you're trying to kiss the coach's butt and all this like, and I go in there and say, (laughs) you guys, you want to win a championship? Really? We need 50 tryhards. Totally. You know, it's the standard, but it's not cool. So we're fighting against that grain. Where if you're not doing good in school, it's cool. And it's like, this is a slippery slope. So the, the juvenile court program, I'm so excited about it. And we're in year three. I'm, I was lucky enough to get brought in on the ground floor and help design it. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. so great partnership under contract 
Judge Wayne Granis, great team. Shout out, everybody's great. And then, so you got the schools, they're catching some, you know, starting to flirt around with trouble, then they get in the courts. Okay, you got real trouble, and we're going to mm -hmm. try to help you get out of it, give you a second chance, this yeah. is it. But then we have some kids that can't do it. You know, we had a kid that just, the pressure is so hard. So he's at a, a park with his friends, and, you know, I mean, it's in a tough little area, and all his friends look the same. Yeah. And they roll up on another group, and there's some sort of little beef. And somebody's got a gun with a switch on it. And for those that don't know, it turns it into an automatic yeah. weapon. And, oh, the courts do not play with that. They're scared, as they should be. <clears throat> and he reaches into the bag, and all he does is point it. And his, his partner, you know, puts it down. Everybody scrams, but there's a camera. This guy's going away. And he's, I love this kid. But the pressure, he's got this, this beautiful reward waiting on him. No yeah. more case. It's gone. It's over. You get a clean slate. And he can't keep from making that move. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> peer pressure is so strong. You know, it's, I, I hate that it sounds like a D.A.R.E. program like label you know watch yeah. out your friends are gonna really influence you just say no yeah but it's i mean once you take it to that next level of peer pressure and i'm talking like you joined a crew that yep. you can't leave nope. um nothing is bigger than that what are you going to tell your homies well i'm in this prevention program that i really need to <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're gonna say no you're not you're taking this and go do what we need to do yeah and, and I mean, like, I think that's a perspective that a lot of people can't relate to because they didn't live that life. But what are you going to do in that situation? Do you have the balls to say no in a situation like that? Pro like 90% of the time, no. I didn't. And I, and I, was, running the, <laughs> I was running the mean streets of East Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> for That's those what I'm that don't, I mean, come on, there ain't no mean streets in East Cobb. <laughs> Cobb County's got some, but I didn't grow up there. And, it, and it's like... You know, I was still a knucklehead. So I say this, and I mean it with all my heart. I said yes to stupid things because everybody was doing it, and yeah. I said no to some of the right things. And there were the consequences were I got in trouble and skated because I was a good athlete in a part of town where the cops weren't trying to jam kids up. It's not the same in other parts of town. Right? Sure. And so if I'd, if I'd have grown up on the west end down in Vine City, yeah. down in Atlanta, I know I'd be wearing red. Why? Because everybody does. It's like, I mean, we've got pictures of families and the little babies are wearing red. He's not going to, I mean, Ed, that's the neighborhood. What are you going to yeah. do? Just say no mm -hmm. and catch a dream when everybody you know, you're not afraid to go to prison. Why? Because everybody goes to prison in, yeah. in, down there. And that's not a crack. These are beautiful people. and I'm not banging away. These are poor, you know, generational poverty. The streets are the streets. You don't have a lot of options. I'm not saying that it means that they're, they're not, you know, yeah. but responsible. We do the same, do the same th in any community, right? It's group think. Yeah, that's It's true. group mentality. So it's like, that's one story of it. But it's funny, and I'm going to just hate on us real quick, yeah. but it's easy for white people that grow up in rich communities to be like, well, we've, you know, they don't ever educate themselves or... You know, get outside to see that there's Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't say that. Uh, yeah. Okay. But then in those same communities, they grow up with their dad who goes to a country club and golfs every day and works as an accountant 
and all of his friends are accountants at his job. And his son decides to play golf every day and becomes an accountant. And all of his friends are white golfing. That's the same exact thing. It's just different Become what hobbies. You see. Yeah. You know, so it's so, like, we're so quick to judge on the same exact <laughs> stuff yeah, that we go that through. That we're doing. You know, it's like, I don't know. I hate, I feel like I get triggered when I talk about that because, like, you know, yeah. I hang out with Karens occasionally, <laughs> you know, white successful businessmen. Yeah. And I hear these kind of talks. You yeah. Know? I mean, you know, the, the company that I first worked on. I hang out with some of them too. <laughs> in the parking lot taking uh, photos that's right that's right that's right <laughs> but like yeah I mean shoot I had one of my CEOs at an old company was like the most ridiculous southern dude ever like the epitome is like if Donald Trump worked in the software world so if you could hear some of the conversations that were had at these meetings, I was just like, these people exist. Yeah, I know. They're one, out there. I will say one, one funny jab. <laughs> okay. Think about how not allowed this is. We just hired like six new people. We're taking them out to lunch for the first time. They've never had lunch with the, <laughs> with the team. And our CEO sits down and we're talking and somebody says something a little political and he chimes in and he goes, hey, if there's any Democrats at this table, they need to leave now. And he wasn't playing, was he? He was not kidding. And you could see everybody nervously like, Does he, <laughs> like don't say anything. Oh my God. It's, you know, hysterical. and it's, you know, to clarify, it's, it's the rich and the poor. Mm -hmm. Dr. King got killed when he opposed the war and started his poor people campaign. He was fighting for sanitation workers. It, it, mm -hmm. was, it had risen above civil rights for you know, racial equality. Um, and it was about, no, we've got you know, people stuck in poverty and it's not, get a job. And it's like, you know, that's not a white, black, or brown thing. True. That's, that's just, you know, we become what we see and, and if nobody's ever given us an opportunity, so you know, what's the answer? It's like the, the biggest blessing probably of my, the reason I could never do anything else is like um, when you become the other, which I believe is the answer to all the divide and, and just nastiness in our world right now, but especially this country coming up on an election cycle. It's like become the other, you walk a mile, and I've gotten to, to do that in my, in my work around the world. Yeah. And so it's not just, I have a Muslim friend. No, in, in the program in the prisons, the Muslim brothers are imperative. You've got to win them. And the only way to win them is become them. And you can't fake this. It's like, teach me because I want to know. And I've got those, you know, that's, that's such a, a rich culture. It's why I went to Dearborn, Michigan, because it's yeah. the biggest Arabic you know, community oh, cool. in the, <laughs> that's right, in the, in the United States because a lot of Iraqi uh, refugees came mm -hmm. here and that, you know, why wouldn't you go settle? All the signs are Arabic and it's like oh, the wow. language is Arabic. Yeah. It is like going into a, a, it's very, and it's in Michigan, but it was fascinating because I want to experience it or yeah. being down in Tijuana and actually, you know, going into the homes of guys that you know work for the cartels. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's the same thing is don't, Everybody is cartel. I mean, the Catholic Church, you know, is, is paid by the, all, the, all the way up to the president. If, if the cartels went away today, the whole Mexican economy would, would 
crumble because yeah. it's so many billions and billions of dollars. These are complex problems. You Absolutely. know, the, the Christian Muslim Jew, you know, thing is like, I don't know, I'm just kind of rambling now, but it's like you walk with the others. So I get to walk with these kids and, and become them and yeah. feel them. We'll talk about the, the jails, right? So we yeah, talk about yeah, schools yeah. and prevention, but... Schools and then the ones we lose in the courts to the DJJ, to the system. Golly, I mean, these kids, they, you go in there and it's, it's the weak, it's the strong against the weak. I mean, I've got kids in our juvenile court. It's like, no, nah, my homies will take care of me. And I'm like, you don't understand the culture. You're not going to show up and it's like, hey, come with us, bro. No, you're getting the brakes beat off of you. I don't care what color you're, you know, repping. It's, you know, and then you become what you have to become in there. And now we've created another hardcore criminal okay. that when he or she gets out, they go right back to those streets. And now they throw a party when you get home. Because yeah. you did your time, little bro. You know, yeah. you didn't. It's almost like an achievement. It, right? it you got the stripe, is an achievement. stripe on your belt. You get rank. Credibility. The yeah. longer time you've gotten, what your charge was, you know, the, your, your criminal history gets you rank. So it's not yeah. only, you know, uh, should I do it? It's like, no, nah, this is what we do. I got to go away and do my time good, prove I'm not a snitch, get out and get elevated. You know what I'm saying? And then how are you going to tell that kid not to do that again? Yeah. Our Quez telling us that at 13, he's got $2,500 in his pocket. Yeah, true. What? Right. I think I've Very got appealing. $7 in my wallet right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that doesn't make much of a roll. So anyway, we go into there, and this is, man, this, I love this part of the work. You know, really um, partnered with the Department of Juvenile Justice um, and getting in and working with these kids that are affiliated. Yeah. Not, not all of them. I mean, we got kids that are just, ugh, they had a bad day, and they're there. And we got kids that are built for this thing. They're practicing and they're going to be bound over into the adult system. So there we try to teach them nonviolence principles, conflict resolution. We study the great iconic peacemakers that change the world with their nonviolent, you know, convictions and principles. And we celebrate everything. We reward them. And lastly, law enforcement, it, it would be we'd have a hole in our, our gospel if we didn't have law enforcement because they're the ones out there. Put, walk them on their shoes. Mm -hmm. And we've had a show on that. It's like, how does the officer feel when they're chasing those kids totally. into a place they don't know? You know, so we partnered with Cobb County Police Department, which I really, really value. And we're actually starting to train officers. Think about the trust that they're giving us that we get to train officers, mm -hmm. how to understand Generation Z, how to engage them. And we're creating a mentoring program. How cool yeah. is that? Where cops are mentoring kids that are at high risk for gang involvement. Mm -hmm. And we do cornhole tournaments, cops against the kids. We're just creatively trying to bring together. So whether it's the schools, there's rivals here causing problems. In the courts, in the jails, with the cops. Pop, you know, brings people together. Yeah. And I think what's cool about, like, <clears throat> working in the jails, working in the schools, pretty much all of them is, um, you know, you really are planting the seed of, of dreaming and hoping for the future. You know, a lot of these kids in youth detention centers are not gonna be there their whole lives. You know, they are gonna get out and have to be back in these environments. Yeah. Have to be back on the streets and figure things out and, you know, learn who they are as people so yeah. that they can protect their dreams, right? Um, you did write this book. 
I did. about this <laughs> these is my, exact things. This is my latest. So we've got six out there working on number seven, and it turns out number eight. Found out that out this morning, so okay. that's just in. Nice. But it's called The New Convict Co. Bringing Peace to the Streets from Behind the Wire. And so these are my convictions about prison reform. Mm-hmm. restorative justice, how to fix a broken system that's built to fail. And there's real stories in this thing about some crazy stories have been in over 100 prisons and jails around the world and across the country. And it's it's fascinating. So pick it up. <laughs> you can go to Amazon, go to kickcummies.com, <laughs> powerpeaceproject.com. But let's, let's kind of finish with a, a little real world story. Okay. So you've got, imagine being the kid, all right? You're, you're growing up and you, you're not trying to go to school. <laughs> And so as soon as you hit 16 or before, you bail. At 16, you get to choose. So kids are, you know, hitting the streets and invariably they're going to get in a situation where they're going to get, you know, jammed up about yeah. something. And so now they're all of a sudden sitting in county and they're, they, their folks don't have money to bail them out. Mm-hmm. And so cases are all jammed up and the system is built to plea bargain. Yeah. Okay. It's built that way. Oh, totally. If everybody went to court, the system would fall apart because yeah. 80% of the things, they're going to throw a bunch of time at you and then say, let's meet and in the middle. You, you know, we'll give you 10, you do five. But then all of a sudden, five, you're, you're, you're a changed person after that. So you're sitting and waiting on a case. You're, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And now you got to live in that jail with the murderer and you ain't even gone to court yet. And so, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to sit there for a year. So that's pressure on you. You've got a public defender that is assigned to the case. God bless them. They're getting paid nothing. They've got 200 cases. Okay. Imagine someone's got 100 to 200 cases. Yeah. You're literally trying, trying to figure trying to out how to put job. gas in your car. For real, for real. Yeah. And, and this kid is counting on you to, to make a deal. Yeah. And that's the system. So yeah, now you're just trying to finish the case. That's, that's what it, it is. Oh, I got you a plea. Yes or no? Yeah. Because then I can check this off my list, go to the next. Because I, and you know, I mean, it's not <clears throat> their fault. The the public defender, yeah. they're trying to make money, mm-hmm. you know, and try to keep their job and yeah. move cases. And it's just a, it's a system that is really, really broken. So now you got this kid out there, just took a deal, goes and does his time. And then if he's not affiliated, good chance he will be when he comes out because totally. he had to do what he had to do. And now we've got another young warrior that's just kind of like now it's like, all right, here's the game. Here's what's sad. I poll these kids, you know, the, the tough ones. And again, it ain't racial. It could be the tough white kids, tough brown kids, tough black kids. And I, this is an honest question. Tell me what the life expectancy is for your generation, where you come from. And they're like, mm. what do you think they say? Well, I already know the uh-huh. answer just because we've talked about this. But I'll tell you what my answer is. Yeah. You know, I'm like, realistically, I think I'll probably live to like 85, you know, maybe 90 if yeah. I'm super healthy. Yeah. But that's like my range. It's your plan. Yeah. yeah. So what do they say? 21. 21. Okay, so. Which is, you know, you've pulled a lot of, you know, 16-year-olds. Uh, yeah. Right? Constantly. And so think about this. That, that was my perspective. I thought I would live to 25. Is that real? Yeah. Oh, that's real. In the D. And that's what I told my wife when we met. I, I was like, I won't make it past 25. Yeah, right? it's insane. So, and that's why it means a lot to me to be your age turn 50. Yeah. So, yeah. Big deal, right? Shout and out. See, yeah, <laughs> see, and I respect that so much because that thought never entered my mind. Yeah. That, you know, not what I'm at all. No, not, not where we came from. And so. Um, and think about the way that you live your life with that 
um, yeah. you know, like, why have a dream? Why have a plan? No. I probably won't survive till I'm 30. So what, what does it matter? Yeah. And then you manifest that reality a lot. Completely. Of times, yeah. You know? And, and it, it works like this. If you're 16 and you've got an older brother that's 19 and he dies, which is very, very common. Then all of a sudden, as you start approaching 19, you're approaching, think about it. For us, you get in, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn 60 next birthday. So I'm going into the fourth quarter. You know, if you think about it that way, if I'm an average, you know, live 80 years, whatever. Um, this kid at 16, he's in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Okay, because his brother went that way and he's got, you know, I've got, a, you know, our young friend, he lost eight friends in one summer to murder. <laughs> okay, that just, I can't get my mind wrapped around that. And so the 16 year olds, this is real, call the 19 year olds old heads. <laughs> what in the in the facilities we work in and so that's what we're dealing with is trying to get them to get a dream bigger than themselves and let that pull them through yeah. you know what they're going through and then stay out of jail and off the streets and out of the gangs and, and grow old that's the dream man grow old it's like <laughs> that's it yeah. and so you know we're trying to rescue we're trying to interrupt and redirect and I don't see a lot of programs out there for these kids because we've kind of, you know, washed our hands of them. It's like they're they're beyond redemption, and I'm like, nobody is, man. Yeah. So the last thing is uh, we're we're at a toughest juvenile prison in the state, and um, dug in there, making waves, man, really doing some things. And there's two kids, and one of them is you know our young friend, Marquette. He comes into my circle, I notice him, he's different, he's influential. He didn't get beat up when he got there. Nobody's stealing his stuff. And so I know that he's got credibility. And we start working on it. And in a short, that's what's so extraordinary about him. In a short period of time, he got a dream. And, and his dream was, I want to do what you do. He, he saw somebody doing something that he's never seen and says, I want to do that. And he's gotten out. And he's... He's actually doing it, but it's heroic because of the things that he's having to deal with to try to extricate himself out of that life and stay alive and build this new one. He's got my mad respect, but it's like I had to win him. He, he drilled holes in me with his eyes, man. He's been in and out, grew up in the streets, tough kid, influential kid, seen things, right, and done some time, and, um, but all he needed was someone to see him. Yeah. And so, you know, we started talking and he got out and he's, he keeps his word. Mm -hmm. But then there's another kid in that same circle and um, he's drilling us through me, but I can't ever reach him. Yeah. It's like, I can't get him. And then it gets to the point where <laughs> I don't even know why he threatens my life. He tells me if I come back in his dorm, da, 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 da. And I'm like, hmm, that's a credible threat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got the opportunity and the means and the motivation. Yeah. And so I worked on this kid. I tried to win him, man. I finally got to where he dapped me up. He wouldn't, you know, when he did look me in the eye, it wasn't good. He's opposing my programs, all this stuff. And so they finally ship him uh, to another place, you know, where there's 15 kids at one little, that's it. 15, 20 kids. That, because they're, it's that place. He gets yeah. sent there. And um, so anyway, he ends up getting out. And Quez hit me up and said, hey, so-and-so's out. And I was like, Really? I thought he was going to be into it. He was 25. And he's like, nope. He got out and he was 19. And uh, he wants to get with you. And I'm like, uh-oh. He wants to come see me? <laughs> I thought we were cool. And he goes, no. He wants to, to be a part of this thing. And I said, 
I didn't think I ever even touched him. I mean, did, yeah. I thought I lost that kid. And he goes, nah. And then I got with him. They came up and went out to a nice dinner, which was fun. And I said, what's up, man? I said, it didn't end well with me and you. What are we doing here? And he, ba <laughs> and he basically said, nah, man, I didn't. I just had to do that. Yeah, and so the game. saving face in front of his crew was, was more important than showing me that I was actually reaching him. And so that's the, that's the key, final thoughts, is these kids, somebody's got to see them for what they could be. Totally. And believe in them until they believe in themselves. Yeah. And love it. They're worth it. And I <laughs> dare you not to subscribe. Dare you. Sometimes you got to flip it and say, don't do it. Don't no, push that button. Takeaway clause. It is kind we of don't like even that. care if no. you <laughs> <laughs> Like us, share yeah. us, you know, subscribe, follow us. We need your help. So come and see us. But um, good, good talk today. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. See you Mondays at one o'clock. Fresh content coming out. You're Ride with us. See ya.